0: Dark Knight, the caped crusader, the defender of Gotham City, has been a part of the cultural zeitgeist for almost a century. Batman has been around for a long ass time, and everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. Doesn't matter if you're a Marvel fan or whatever. You come at me and you're like, the Sandman's the best comic book. Whatever. I don't care. Everybody loves Batman. Batman's dope. And Batman's been in a metric ass fuck shitload of movies. Like, more than I think I realized when I took on this challenge. Um, But challenge accepted. And we will review every Batman movie I can get my hands on. There are several Batman movies I cannot get my hands on. We will ignore them. We will watch the ones I can watch. And call it a day there. Um, in chronological order, in case you were wondering where we're gonna start. And yes, I am including both live-action and animated versions of Batman. We will do them all. And in this episode, we cover the f- one, two, three, four, five, six movies. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a lot in these movies in order to in order to really do this job justice. We we cover the first six Batman movies. Um and then we'll do more in the next one so so yes Um, I also recognize that Batman is highly beloved so if you disagree with any of my reviews well you're entitled to your opinion and good lord knows I'm no expert on on movies but I have seen quite a few of them and I know what I like in a film So yes some of these reviews might surprise you but I will come out right out here and say that none of these movies are perfect not a one. At least the ones I've seen here. Who knows, maybe an animated movie will come out and surprise me, but I'm not expecting that. It's, it's Batman. Let's, let's, call, let's call a spade a spade. It's Batman. Anyway, let's get into the first one and we're going to travel all the way back as far as I can go. 1966 Batman with Adam West, Cesar Romero, lee merriweather uh burgess meredith burt ward and whoever played the Redler. it's free on youtube uh in case you want to see it um and it's well it's better it's better than i thought it was gonna be let's put it that way um can as fuck but in a fun way Uh, you know, it's got the whole kind of like, it's got the narrators, you know, (laughs) Batman and Robin once again fighting for good in the battle against evil and all that shit. Um, yeah, it was very funny. Um, and also those are some of the dumbest riddles I've ever, I've ever heard. What weighs six pounds lives in a tree and is highly dangerous. A sparrow with a machine gun. Correct, Robin. You know, just fucking... It's beggar's belief. My favorite's the one in the beginning after they get attacked by a shark. And they're trying to figure out who's responsible. And Robin goes, Why, it was at sea! Sea! For Catwoman! And I'm just like, oh my god. uh, This is quite the riddle. Riddle-er! Riddler! Oh my god. So, yeah, it's, um... It's pretty it's pretty fun on that front, but it's also, like, a little strange. It definitely has, like, the whole we've turned the camera sideways while they walk up a building uh, shot, which is great. It's got that shot of Batman running through uh, just, like, a fucking um, boardwalk carrying a bomb. Um... And honestly like as far as like four supervillains teaming up goes they did an okay job of like balancing out the different players like they all had their moment to shine and they're all pretty fun to, to watch like do their do and all that stuff um, there's a lot of great green screen work where they're like you know in a helicopter or my favorite was when they were running down the street on a green screen and they're just jogging next to each other it's it's pretty fun um as far as as far as dumb campy 60s movies go uh so let's talk about it as far as a batman thing goes right so we got batman and robin which i do enjoy you know you got dick grayson um always always fun the bruce wayne batman uh relationship in this movie is pretty decent um i mean he's adam west does a good job as as bruce wayne and you, you know you, I gotta I gotta be honest uh, Adam West is a he's a he's a tall strapping dude uh, so he he kind of has that that physical um, presence to pull off Bruce Wayne um, obviously the Batman thing is ju- it's just super campy and everything has like the word bat in front of it doesn't matter what it is you know it'll be like the the bat shark repellent the bat ladder the the bat copter the bat cycle the, everything's bat which is just hilarious um but then there was also like a real quick a re- it was so fast that i almost didn't catch it so the like the the uh united underworld of riddler penguin catwoman and joker um have a device that could dehydrate people and then with the addition of water you could rehydrate them elsewhere um But apparently there was some mix-up with like hard water and light water or whatever. Like radiation? I don't fucking... I don't know. But um, there was a real... They had uh, dehydrated like the United Nations, basically. And right before they attempt rehydration, Robin goes, Hey, Batman, what if we use this opportunity to, like, mess with them ethnically? And, and, you know, just change him a little bit. And Batman goes, no, Robin, you, you know, the humanity is diverse or whatever. Um, and I'm sitting there being like, did fucking Robin just try to really casually recommend eugenics? Just like super fucking casual. Just like, Hey, what if we just tweak him a little bit? What if we do, what if just a little bit, not too much. Just a tiny bit. Just a little, little, little. And they fuck it up anyway. Like, they, they bring them all back and their, like, personalities are all jumbled up. So, like, you know, X-Nation was speaking another nation's language and was clearly of that nation. And Batman goes, well, our work is done. Let's just leave quickly. um, Without drawing any attention. Through the window. And that's how the movie ends. They f- go out the window and they just run away, having fucked up the whole thing. So that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, camp camp doesn't even begin to describe this movie. Catwoman's constant going of perfect, absolutely perfect. I get it, you're a cat. Um, I think the single funniest. Like, image is Alfred in, like, the fucking Robin mask in the Batmobile when Batman's on the date with, uh, uh, Russian stereotype, um, whatever the fuck her name was. I can't even, I can't even remember. Might as well have been just fucking Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, but, I mean, there are some impressive shots in this movie. Some things that, you know, back in the day, they just did legit, uh, when it comes to, like, the helicopter stunts and things like that, um... Pacing's not bad, honestly. It's very color- colorful as a film goes. It's like I don't. It was very enjoyable. I I really liked watching it. Um, so I I mean we're talking like seven out of ten. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. Good length, good saw length. It's about an hour and forty minutes. Um, right about there, and you're just kind of you're in and out. And I challenge anybody to watch that and not smile at least once. With just how stupid some of that shit is. Um, but fucking aces. Two thumbs up. Fucking loved it. And it's free on YouTube. So what more do you want? Oh, <sighs> Adam West Batman. Um, and apparently there were two animated um, follow-ups to that version of of Batman. Um, I don't know where those are or how to find them. But they do exist. So if you're a really big fan of Adam West Batman, two other movies exist where they are they're voiced by Adam West, um, and I think a couple of the other like original actors came back to like reprise their characters uh, in the animated dojo, which I thought was that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, seven out of ten for Adam West Batman. Pretty fucking fun time. 1989's Batman. Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Tim Burton, Kim Basinger, and Danny Elfman. This was apparently like one of the one of the lar- like the first really big movie that Danny Elfman scored. Um, and hell, you know, fucking coming right out the gate with one of the most iconic Batman theme songs out there. Like everybody loves like den 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 a Batman, but. For me it's dun 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 which was later used as the theme song for Batman in the Animated Series. And this movie, this version of Batman, um is a pretty strong influence on Batman in the Animated Series, especially in the terms of the depiction of Gotham. This movie's rendition of Gotham, which is a combination of miniature sets, matte paintings, and uh like set builds, um, but not many of them because you know budgets and they they clearly had like not a whole lot of room to play with and it's pretty obvious when you watch the movie that the majority of their sets like anytime they're outside in the city it's all on like the the same street just shot from different angles um to to make it feel like a, a bigger city uh but it actually came off more like an amusement park ride but like not in a fun way It just felt like I kept seeing the same stuff over and over again. And there's a lot of like air quotes action scenes where it really does feel like you're just on a fucking, like a theme park ride, like a kind of shitty theme park ride, um, with how everything's just kind of shot and, and done. And I don't, I don't know. Um, this movie is, this was the first time I'd ever seen this movie. You know, I love Batman, but this was, this was my first time watching Batman with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton did a pretty good job. Um, I enjoy Michael Keaton. Honestly, I felt like Jack was a little bit of a weak link. Jack Nicholson is a phenomenal actor, but this version of the Joker is more Caesar Romano than I think anybody expected it to be. And I was reading up on this like movie as they were, you know, they made it and they were like, We're not gonna do the the campy sixties thing, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make it dark, we're gonna make it gritty. And it has not aged in a dark and gritty fashion. It is aged in a campy fashion, and it is much more like the '60s shit than I think um, Tim Burton wanted it to be. Um, also, it bothers me that Michael Keaton's Batman mask does not fit his head properly. There, it is so blatantly obvious. Like the bat, the mask is like so fucking loose all over. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that either the movie itself is too long it's it's just a hair over two hours long and it fucking feels like it it drags and it there are there are scenes in this movie that I don't know why they're there like anytime Prince shows up and he sings two songs in the movie um like they play like the entire song and it's always just Jack just like fucking dancing around being a yeah, guts and it, it just kills... The, the pacing of this movie is atrocious. It takes so long to do anything. It, it, it's not very exciting at any point. Um, but then again, perhaps I am, you know, uh, spoiled with other Batman movies I've seen, you know. I, I, I don't want to really compare this to other Batman movies that come after it. Because for the sake of this list, this is like the first one. Um, although I did find the uh, 1960s Batman movie uh, with Adam West. So I might watch that as well because, hey, you know what? It's Batman, and I really only ever want to do this once. Um, even though I love Batman. But yeah, this this first movie, 1989's Batman. It's too long. The pacing's weird. Uh, the set design is very repetitive. Music's good. Um, the, the The characterization of Bruce Wayne and Batman... Is tricky to capture that kind of dichotomy between Bruce and 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 Batman is is hard to really nail down they do a decent job here I don't hate um, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne nor do I hate his Batman I think it's fine it's perfectly it's perfectly functional Um, however they do fuck up a couple of things uh, when it comes to Batman primarily that Batman doesn't kill people this Batman killed a lot of people he blew up a factory with people still inside it. Dozens died, like, right then and there. And you can't fucking tell me they don't because they look at, like, the bomb drops at the dude's feet and they all look down at it and then it cuts to the wide shot of the factory just exploding. So, yeah, Batman kills quite a bit. He even killed the Joker. So, what the fuck, Batman? That's, like, that's like the number one, right? I'm also not a big fan of this, like, lore that Joker killed Batman's parents instead of Joe Chill or whatever the fuck his actual name is. Um, I don't like that either. So, it's, it's kind of flabbergasting to me that they felt the need to fuck with that lore. Cause, like, the Red Hood story existed and they could have gone that way, like other Batman movies have. Um, but for some reason they didn't want to do that with this one. Also... The fact that Vicky Vale finds out Batman's identity, and honest to God, you do kind of get the happily ever after shit at the end of this movie, even though I'm pretty confident this is the last time we ever see Vicky Vale, um, at least Kim Basinger is Vicky Vale, uh, but who knows? There are three other movies as a part of this little group of Batman movies, um, which I also did not know about. Um, yeah, there's Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. However, I do not believe we get... I think it, it it's a different Batman. I think George Clooney shows up at some point. Um, and Val Kilmer? Is it a different Batman for each one? I can't fucking remember. But this one gets a... Um. Honestly, I'm thinking a 4. I'm thinking a 4 out of 10. I really didn't enjoy my time watching this movie. It It never made me laugh. I never thought scene was good everything just lasted too long it was weirdly shot the the music is good but that's really it i didn't like jack nicholson's performance of the joker i don't really i don't have any strong feelings about michael keaton's batman yeah it just it felt like somebody took the name batman and some of the characters and then made like a a fairly shitty like tv melodrama Involving a lot of characters I could give a fuck about. And involving a lot of scenes I could give a fuck about. And then just being inconsistent. Like that whole like Devil, Dance with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. And fucking Joker goes, I say that to all of my victims. It's the first time he says it in the fucking movie. It's like an hour and a half into the goddamn thing. He killed a bunch of fucking people before then. And he never said it. He doesn't say that to all of his victims. Wouldn't it have been great if he said that to Grissom or whatever the fuck his name was? That would have been nice. Just consistency would have been great, but nope, that's not that's not what we get with this fucking movie. So, if you want a Batman movie, I don't think I could recommend this one. I mean, it's just not very good. It's way too long and pretty not great. So, 4 out of 10. Kind of shit. Batman Returns. 1993's sequel to Batman uh, was released uh, three years earlier. Also starring Michael Keaton. Also directed by Tim Burton. This movie is what the last movie wished it could be. Because this movie is like Tim Burton let, like let off the leash, right? And the studio was like, well... We want you to come back. And Tim was like, I don't really want to do it. And they're like, yeah, but what if you did it, like, super hard, though? And Tim was like, all right, you got me. Um, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And so he crafted this interpretation of the penguin with some Moses elements in there for some reason. Um, as this, you know, deformed little half man, half bird thing. Expertly played by Danny DeVito. like I don't think anybody can can really shake a stick at that. His performance is, is pretty spot on. Um, it is fascinating to see the list of people that were considered for the role of Penguin before it went to Danny DeVito. And that list is as follows. D- uh, Dustin Hoffman was originally the first choice, followed by Marlon Brando, John Candy, Bob Hoskins, Ralph White, Dean Martin, Dudley Moore, Alan Rickman, John Goodman, Phil Collins, Charles Grodin, Christopher Lee, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, Gabriel Byrne, Alec Rocco, and Christopher Lloyd were all considered for the part before DeVito got it. It's one of those roles where you can't even imagine anybody else doing it. And don't get me wrong, I think the idea of a Joe Pesci penguin is pretty fucking hilarious. Um, But no, I I thought Danny DeVito did a wonderful job. Keaton is wooden. I think is is the best way to describe it. I I couldn't come up with that term in in the last movie, but there's just nothing really exciting about his performance. It's fine, it's very by the numbers. He just gets there and he says his lines and leaves. And there's nothing really much going on there. So you just kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. She does a wonderful job. Her outfit is fascinating. This like stitched latex apparel thing. Um, that slowly uh, degrades over the course of the film, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, but she does a pretty good job. Um, it's not my favorite interpretation of Selena Kyle. That probably, you know, I don't know what my favorite interpretation of Selena Kyle is. Off the top of my head, I think Anne Hathaway is probably kind of, kind of chomping at that, at that bit because I very much enjoyed her performance in *Dark Knight Rises*. But we'll get to that eventually. Michelle Pfeiffer does an excellent job. As well as she actually whipped the heads off those mannequins. Um, and I believe it was the first take. And I believe it was one take. Uh, is is how she was able to do that. So that's just impressive any way you, any way you write it. Uh, seeing Christopher Walken in a Batman movie is hilarious to me. Um, I can't think of many Christopher Walken movies. Besides like Wayne's World 2. Um, and these came out fairly close together. He does a fine job. Um, apparently... He kind of filled in for uh, what, like Billy D. Williams, Two Face would have been. Like his eventual fall to becoming Tooth Face would have been in this movie. Um, but he opted out because, of course, he did. Yeah. So acting wise, it's it's pretty it's pretty okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's it's acting acting wise, it's good. The music is on another level as well. I think Danny Elfman really stepped it up and the the similarities between this score and like nightmare before christmas are pretty uh evident and i think this is an even better musical score than what we had in the first film everything this is definitely a case where the sequel is just flat out better than the original like the pacing is better the villain is better the characters are stronger the the set design is is better um the 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 dialogue between characters is better. It's just it's just a market improvement like across the board. So while the first movie got a four, this one gets a seven. This a pretty solid. Um, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, especially Penguin. Fucking what a what a cool version of Penguin. I mean, I had just finished watching the you know nineteen ninety six shit with Burgess Meredith, um, who apparently was going to be um, Burgess Meredith was going to, uh, play Tucker Cobblepot and be his dad, which would have been hilarious, but his, uh, health problems, uh, were declining and he couldn't do it. So they had Paul Rubens known for playing Pee Wee Herman play the dad instead, which was a fascinating choice. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, there are a couple of okayish jokes. Um, I love how, like, all the reviews for this movie were like, it's so dark. It's so. It's fucking Batman. Every Batman movie is dark. That's kind of the whole point. It's Batman. You don't go to see a Batman movie for a lighthearted romp. Shit's gonna go down in a Batman movie. Almost without fail. So, I don't know what you were expecting when you signed up to see a Batman movie. Um. Also, it occurred to me I did not describe the plot of the first Batman movie. And I'm not going to do that now because it's boring. But I will describe the plot of this one because it's slightly more interesting. So, Oswald's parents give birth to a penguin monster. And in classic, let's abandon our child like Moses tradition, they send him in a r- basket in a river that flows into the sewer, at which point he is raised by penguins. 33 years later, yep, he emerges, right, as, as like this fucking guy who's like, I want to know where I came from. And everyone's like, "Oh, the penguin, Oh, it's so sad, even though he looks hor- horrifying. But you know what, they can look past his, his physical shit and see his heart of gold. And so he woos the city. Um, and then he bites some dude's nose off when he runs for mayor, but nobody really seems to care. Um, and then eventually, uh, Batman shows up and uh, Penguin frames Batman for some shit. You know everybody's like oh man fuck Batman Um, and meanwhile while this is all happening Catwoman's there um, and she's been murdered a couple of times Uh, I don't know if she's undead or a zombie or if they really just took the nine lives that cats have literally um, and she's just burning through her lives but there's a lot of times in this movie where something occurred that probably should have killed her but didn't um, to the point where she even counts down like how many lives she has left which is a fascinating move. oh also batman kills in this movie too so i don't i don't know why that's the case um even like the creator of batman was a creative consultant on this movie fucking bob Kane. so i don't know how he let that slide quite frankly but he did and so we get another movie where batman kills people um i mean he straps a bomb to somebody's chest he falls in a hole and then the dude explodes like It's not like he goes to the hospital later. That dude is dead. So, yeah. Anyway, Catwoman and Penguin team up, and then they don't, because Penguin wants to pork Catwoman, and Catwoman's like, no. You fucking kidding me with that? Hell no. Um, And Penguin gets all pissy. And then, uh, when his bid for mayor fails, he decides to kidnap all the firstborn sons of Gotham and kill them in Toxic Waste. And then that plant falls apart in like three minutes. And then he goes, well, now I'm just going to blow everybody up with my army of of penguins who have rockets strapped to their backs. And they're going to walk throughout the city and just blow everything up. And then Batman pied pipers those penguins back to the penguins hideout. Um, Kicks the shit out of the penguin because of course he does because he's Batman. And it's just kind of, it's kind of gratuitous. You know, that's the thing with most Batman villains is that they're like, Schemers and they they have like minions and all of that stuff But when it comes to just a full-blown fist fight between Batman and the penguin the so penguin gets his ass kicked every fucking time because he's just a fat guy with a fucking Virginia slim cigarette and a monocle uh, and that's basically it so surprise surprise penguin loses that fight uh, And also dies and gets a, a, a like a penguin sea burial which is one of the stranger things I've seen in a movie. Um, it's definitely up there with, with stuff like that. And then the movie just kind of ends. Selena Kyle's still out there and Batman's still Batmaning. And then that was kind of it. Um, and this also marks the last movie as of right now because he said to reprise his role as Batman in 2022 with the Flash movie. Um, but this is the last time Michael Keaton plays Batman uh, in a feature length film. So, there you go. But, I thought you did a pretty good job. And it's amusing to me when they set up all these like sequels, you know, and it's like, what about Cowwoman? What's gonna happen? You know, where are we gonna go next? And then, just like, nothing happened. Um, to the best of my knowledge, though, this version of Batman is actually being continued in comics, like, later this year. So, if you're a really big Tim Burton Batman fan, there's a comic coming out here pretty soon that will continue that story for those diehards who want nothing else. Nothing, nothing else. But yeah, 7 out of 10 for Batman Returns, it's not bad. Batman Mask of the Phantasm is the feature feature theatrical release uh, film that tied into Batman the Animated Series, which of course goes without saying is one of the greatest pieces of animation ever made. Uh, I always loved the fact that they, they animated it on black paper. Um, and then added the color like on top of it. I always thought that was really neat. Um, anyway, uh, this is, it's, it's, it's told in a fairly interesting way. It's told non uh, chronologically, um, for the vast majority of the film, which is fun. There's a lot of like flashbacks and, um, the, the main story is progressing, Uh, but essentially what it is, is that a, uh, an old flame of Bruce Wayne's basically like as he was becoming Batman, um, Andrea Beaumont, uh, was tracking down all of the guys who extorted her dad out of money and killed him. Um, and so she takes on this mantle of the phantasm, uh, which is fun, even though they never really explain their, the phantasms powers, but Hey, that's fine. It's whatever, you know, it's just a movie. Uh, it's about an hour and 16 minutes long, so it's definitely one of the shorter ones. Um, you can grind through it pretty easily. I mean, Kevin Conroy as Batman, classic. Probably my favorite form of Batman, um, if I'm being completely honest. I feel like this is the bar that all other Batman are compared to. The the balance between Bruce Wayne and Batman, the different voices, all that shit. Like The mannerisms, the kind of dry wit that Batman and Alfred have. That rapport is so snappy and delicious, and it's fucking phenomenal. Um, but I feel like the movie got a little distracted by bringing the Joker into it not that I don't appreciate the Joker Mark Hamill's Joker is iconic again the bar all other Jokers are compared to so as far as I'm concerned you know we've got the best Batman and the best Joker going mano mono mano right here and they go mano mono mano quite a bit uh, in these animated movies Um, which this is the first one. There are several Batman animated movies. I don't have access to all of them, unfortunately, but I will watch as many as I do have access to. Um, so there you go. Uh, and we'll just ignore the ones I can't watch. So in case anybody comes at me and is like, why do you watch Batman Sub-Zero? It's because it's not on any streaming platform and I refuse to pay money for these things. So that's why. Um, but this movie's fine. Um, I will be completely honest. I did fall asleep in the middle of it. Um, but that's because I'm still super fatigued from, um, my second Moderna shot and I like took the day off. Um, and I've just been watching Batman movies all fucking day. Um, and every now and then just a wave of tired will watch over me and I just lay down on my bed and pass out and I'll wake up and be like, ah, fuck, I missed, you know, 50 minutes of the movie. And so I'll just read the synopsis. <laughs> um, but it was fine. Um, it feels just like a long episode of the, of the show and that's not a bad thing. Um, 6 six out of 10. It's okay. It's not going to blow your mind. So far none of these Batman movies have really blown my mind. The best one so far is Batman Returns, but even that I was just kind of like, meh. Um, now we're going to get into some Batman movies I'm really excited about. 1995's Batman Forever. Val Kilmer's one and only appearance as the masked crusader the the caped knight or whatever they're calling him um you also got tommy lee jones as two-face jim carrey as the reddler nicole kidman as um chase meridian uh who i could have sworn turned into a villain but doesn't she's just there to be the love interest um pretty much chris o'donnell as robin dick grayson and uh other people um so this was the first movie where, so like uh, Michael Keaton said no to coming back to doing this movie because he wanted to make other things, and so they they cast Val Kilmer, and he does as good of a job as Michael Keaton did, which is to say his performance is also pretty wooden and pretty boring, um, and I don't get it. I don't understand how you can be cast as Batman and have the same amount of charisma as like a dry sponge. It's just it boggles the mind that there's just like there's nothing there you might as well have like a cardboard cutout for all the fucking life he brings to the role so that upsets me um on a on a pretty good level um batman once again kills in this movie you you kind of can't avoid that um i don't subscribe to two-face dies um at the end of this film uh, despite the director on the commentary being like, no, no, he survives that fall. I'm going to call bullshit on that uh, and just say Two-Face is dead. So, yeah. Um, this one is leaps and bounds campier than its predecessors, Batman and Batman Returns. This one is a pretty hard 180 in the other direction. From It's not even trying to take itself seriously. It is... So fucking camp and so over the top um, that it is more entertaining to watch. This is Jim, this is like prime Jim Carrey. While the flip side of it is an incredibly disappointing uh, showing from Tommy Lee Jones, who is an incredible actor in his own right. Yet he fucking sucks in this movie and he looks terrible. So I'm not I'm not about that at all. I thought I thought Two Face was shit. In this movie, and you got like no background about his character, like just like uh, like one TV shot of him being like a district attorney and how he got two-faced. Um, I thought that was just really poorly handled. Riddler is the main show for this movie, um, which is a rarity to the best of my knowledge. This is the only Batman movie that I'm aware of where Riddler plays first fiddle against Batman. Um, like even in the games, right? Riddler's there, but he's just like come check out my dumbass trophies um, instead of being like a formidable villain, but hey, you know, that's his business who am I to judge? I enjoyed the look of the Riddler, um, his orange hair was certainly a choice um, and his hair definitely changes and his outfit definitely changes several times throughout the film um, and then at the end he ends up fairly like, deformed um, for some reason, like I guess his brain expanded or something like that, which I thought was a interesting pull, um I thought they handled Dick Grayson pretty well, given like how much they had to kind of do in this movie. Like it's ambitious. You have to introduce Riddler and his backstory and introduce like two face. And then you had to set up Robin and he doesn't show up until like the latter half of the film, but they do a pretty okay job of like establishing his character. I'm also 90% positive that the woman he saves from the, um, uh, fucking, uh, blacklight gang, um, with like all the glow paint and stuff like that, is Alicia Silverstone who <laughs> is in the next movie? Um, however, I can't find confirmation of that. Sure, fucking looks like her, um, and that would make sense for for me uh, on that side of things. Um, this is also the version of of the Batman where the bat suit has nipples on it for some reason. Somebody somewhere said like, "Yep, bat bat suit and the Robin suit both need nipples. Got to get those bad nipples." There's also a pretty. Blatant shot of his ass. I'm not complaining. It's a fine-looking sculpted uh, latex covering for an ass. So there you go. Um, it also does boggle my mind how the cowl's are rigid in every single one of these Batman movies, and he can't turn his head. He has to like look up with his whole upper body and like turn at the waist in order to see like side to side. That is just terrible periphery um, for for confrontations. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie does. Some stuff. Everybody finds out about Bruce Wayne's secret identity in this movie. It's just not even a secret. It doesn't even matter. Um, like fucking Redler and Two Face figure it out. And Nicole Kidman figures it out because oh, you kiss like Batman. And fucking Robin figures it out because he's a sneaky little shit. Um, so there you go. And uh, it is interesting that, to the best of my knowledge, this it's it's the third movie in this like, Batman series, right? There's Batman, Batman Returns, and then Batman Forever. It's the third one. However, um, there's a line in here where Val Kilmer is basically like, I'm gonna tell you something I've never told anyone else. I'm like, motherfucker, people have found out your secret identity in every single movie up until this point. So, why are you even, why are you even lying? Why are you, why are you trying to bullshit me? I'd like, I, I've seen them. I've seen them today. I know you told people. So, there you go. Let's talk about the plot. Let's talk about the overall plot. So, Uh, fucking Two-Face is, is robbing a bank at the beginning of the movie and Batman shows up and, um, tries to save the bank teller where we get one of the greatest line reads of all time from anybody ever, which is, oh my God, boiling acid, no, that shit fucking slayed me. That was incredible. like fucking give that man an oscar that was so It was just like oh god it was so fucking good i rewound that like 50 times because i'm like that's the that's the cut they went with huh it's like five minutes into the film like as like the the vault is filling with acid you just hear that dude just shout that and it's so fucking good um so he does that and uh bruce wayne um stops him and eventually tours like Wayne R&D and finds Nigma working for him and Nigma's like I've made this helmet that like allows television to be 3D and then I can absorb their brain juices and Batman's like what the fuck no don't do that that's terrible You're, I'm not I'm not gonna sponsor this and then there's some pretty good acting from Jim Carrey like Jim Carrey does I, I think Jim Carrey here does what Jack Nicholson tried to do in the first movie which is blend the the comedic performance with the 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 like the intimidation factor. Like the, oh no, this guy's actually kind of scary kind of thing. Um, I think Jim Carrey does a better job of that than Jack Nicholson did as the Joker. Quite frankly. Because there's, there's some close-ups where it's like... You were supposed to understand. I'll make you understand. And just like the face twitches and stuff like that. Of, of that line delivery really stood out to me. And I was just like, that's a good performance. That's, that's pretty solid. So, good job, Jim Carrey. Um... Fucking killed it as the Riddler. Absolutely killed it. And all of his fucking, uh, cane tricks. He's, like, flipping it over his shoulders and doing all that shit. Like, fucking awesome. I was super here for that. Um, so yeah, Batman makes the Riddler. And then, of course, he starts sending out riddles. But unlike the 60s Batman where it was utter garbage riddles, these ones actually do kind of have a point and are legitimate riddles. And their answers make sense. And they go to something. And I enjoyed that. Um... I, I thought that was that was good. Essentially, the riddles reveal uh, the Riddler's secret identity of being Edward Enigma. Um, I don't know how you miss that, but this is also the same universe in which people can't figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, so I kind of get it. Um, and then a bunch of shit happens. Uh, Batman starts dating Nicole Kidman because... Come on. And they go to a circus where they see the Flying Graysons, and then, of course, Two-Face kills... Uh, Did Grayson's whole family, and then Grayson goes to live in Wayne Manor, and conflict, 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 I'm now Robin, and then it's the final showdown, which is a big old set piece um, that actually reminds me straight up of the first episode of Harley Quinn, where um, Joker has to choose between uh, saving Batman or saving Harley Quinn from, like, the Riddler. It's, like, the exact same, uh, like, trap setup, so either the Harley Quinn show took inspiration from this movie or both of these things took inspiration from the comic books. Um, which I imagine is the case because let's be honest. Um, the more of these movies I see, the more parallels I see between all of them, but I'm not sure if it's like constantly paying homage to the ones that came before it. Like even in this one, there's a, there's a line that Robin goes and he's just like, Holy rusted metal Batman. And Batman's like, what? And he's like, rusted metal. It's full of holes. So it's holy. Ah. And that's that's the that's the conversation um, everybody's going like ah, I see what you did there, it's Adam West shit but I enjoyed it, because this movie isn't meant to be taken seriously it is meant to be a camp ride like you've never seen uh, it was not received critically well not that I'm surprised um, but I'll be damned if it wasn't entertaining like, I, I didn't fall asleep during this one, so pretty fucking good um as of right now, I, I'm, I'm standing by my Kevin Conroy is still the best Batman. Uh, Val Kilmer, to me, is, like, equal to Michael Keaton. I didn't think either of them did a truly amazing job. Um, and quite frankly, I was bored by both of them. Um, but as far as uh, love interests go, I very much enjoyed Nicole Kidman's character of Dr. Chase uh, Meridian. She has, like, uh, she almost feels like the uh, the Harley Quinzel, Harley Quinzel, like, psychiatrist role Um, Except she's not crazy, so that's nice. Uh, But we even get a shot of Arkham, Arkham Asylum, in this movie, which I believe is the first time Arkham Asylum makes an appearance in a feature-length Batman movie, Um, because I don't remember seeing it in any of the other ones, but then again, I have fallen asleep in a couple of them, so it very much could have slipped past me, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time um, that, uh, that it showed up. So, heck yes. Overall, I would give Batman Forever, it's a little over two hours, um... It's dumb, but it's a fun dumb. So I'm going to give it 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10 for dumb fun. Can't can't say I didn't enjoy it, but nor do I need to see it again anytime soon. The final 90s Batman movie. I, I, I think even including animated ones. Yes, yes, this was the final... 90s uh, Batman movie. Uh, Batman and Robin, 1997. Now there is Batman Sub-Zero, which was released in 1998. And that was an animated movie, but I can't find it anywhere, and I'm not paying $3 to watch it. So we're just gonna pretend that one doesn't exist. Anyway, Batman and Robin, the final Joel Schumacher Batman movie. I Hopefully ever. Um, it is considered... Well, not considered. It is the lowest rated... Batman live-action movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I fucking loved this movie. And I loved this movie because of how stupid it was. First of all, we have the first Batman live-action actor, George Clooney, who I feel like actually, I don't know, instilled some life into the fucking character. While Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer delivered wooden performances of boring versions of the fucking character, George Clooney had some, like... Uh, differentiation in how he delivered his lines. He had some funny lines. There were some funny moments. I don't know. He embodied Bruce Wayne really well and he embodied Batman pretty well in this incredibly cheesy over-the-top movie. Like, I thought Batman Forever was pretty over-the-top but this one just blows that one out of the water because while Tommy Lee Jones was over-the-top, he was bad and... Schwarzenegger did really well I thought, like for the uh character of Victor Freeze Schwarzenegger's performance was actually pretty fucking good it was over the top had a lot of cheesy one-liners as Schwarzenegger is known to have you know everybody chill like that shit it was just fucking ten out of ten I love that shit so for me and what I come to look for in a movie this one did really well and i think it it did so well because when you can't do the serious shit you gotta go super hard in the comic book nonsense shit, and that's what this movie did it just went 180 degrees away from taking itself seriously and made a pretty good movie in my opinion It's dumb comic book action, it's a fun film, that's all you're really looking for. Let's talk about the movie itself. So we start off with Victor Freeze stealing some diamonds. And you get this amazing intro fight sequence in a museum where everybody's on ice skates even though they're actually using rollerblades and such a blatant disregard for continuity that, Like, the people making this movie did not care that it was obvious they were using rollerblades. Like, you can just... You can pause it, and you can see the wheels. It's pretty fucking gratuitous. And speaking of gratuitous, the... Getting into costume sequence at the beginning where it's like, Butt! Butt! Crotch! Chest! Nipples! Butt! I get it. Okay? Let's calm down there. And then they do it again when Alicia Silverstone gets kitted up in the Batgirl suit. But... I mean, they did it. They do it for everybody that wears the suit. So, it's not great that it happens to anybody, but it happens to everybody. There you go. So, that's a thing. Um, I also appreciated the fact that throughout all four of these films, from Batman, Returns, Forever, and Robin, the guy that played Alfred remained consistent, and the guy that played Jim Gordon remained consistent. They're not... At least for Jim, Go- fuck that version of Jim Gordon. He went from slightly a character to just a punchline. Don't give a fuck about him. This version of Alfred is pretty good. I, I I didn't hate this version of Alfred. Um, he's not my favorite version of Alfred, <laughs> Michael Caine, but he does he does a pretty good job. And he has a fairly large role in this movie. Turns out he's dying of the same shit that's killing Victor Freeze's wife. What twist? McGregor syndrome, which only exists in the DC universe as basically a MacGuffin disease when they need somebody to die of an incurable ailment. They'll go with McGregor's Syndrome. Because it sounds good. Um, Anyway, Freeze is stealing diamonds so he can power his fucking ice laser and freeze all of Gotham to hold him as ransom so he can get a bunch of money to cure his wife. Meanwhile, in a completely different part of the world, because apparently they're in South America, Pamela Isley uh, stumbles upon this guy who creates Bane to sell him as a super soldier. Um, and at this point Bane was a fairly recent character Bane uh, was only in existence for how long was Bane a character? not particularly long Uh, the movie came out in 1997 and Bane uh, was created I want to say in the 80s with like Nightfall when were you made? tell me tell me when you were made yeah created the character for the Nightfall storyline when he broke the bat 1993 is when Nightfall happened. So Bane was only in existence for a couple of years before he made his feature film debut. That's pretty impressive. You know, for like a brand new fucking character like that. Um, the, the next best example I can think of is like Miss Marvel. Uh, is a fairly recent Marvel character and she's getting her own TV show and feature length film. So, you know, it's not very common where stuff like that happens. Um... At least not in live action. It happens in animation fairly often, but not not in terms of live action. So it was pretty cool to see Bane there. Now, the character of Bane in the movie is a horrible representation of Bane, as is the version of Poison Ivy in this movie. Um, I like Uma Thurman as much as anybody. Well, I, I don't really like Uma Thurman. There, I'll say it. Um, I've seen Kill Bill, and she does fine in that. I can't think of any other movies with Uma Thurman in it. Um, but her performance here... I don't think it's really her fault. The character's just not written very well. Um, that whole idea of, like, Ivy not being a fighter... Sure, I get it. She doesn't really fight, like, hand-to-hand very often. But the strength of the character is in her fucking plants. And she doesn't attack with her plants until, like, the very end of the movie. And then it's pretty ineffectual. Granted, she's pretty new to her powers in this film, so I kind of get it. But... Fucking... Poison Ivy is a goddamn powerhouse when she's like at full like clip you know what I mean Um, and she is way fucking smarter than this movie would lead you to believe Poison Ivy has her shit down on lock but not in this film Um, in this film she's basically just like the men of the world will fall to my plant-like powers of persuasion as I will slowly kiss my way through the film and everybody dies of my venomous lips. Now it, they, right. So this mo- the movie gets it twisted. Venom needs to be injected into the bloodstream, poison is ingested through the digestive system. So unless she was biting their lips and injecting her saliva into their bloodstream through the kiss, that's not really how that works. Unless it is saying that the mucous membrane of the mouth is sufficient, which I guess is fine, um, and then, then it could kind of work. But I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. Like, if you held, like, rattlesnake vellum in your mouth, maybe eventually... But it would have to be a the kiss would have to go on for I think a little while longer, um, and I believe in the um, comic books. I'm not sure if she creates the venom like a secretion or if she developed the venom as like a lipstick. It might vary depending on your version of Ivy, but I don't know. Ivy didn't really do a whole lot in this movie, and she ran away from a lot of fights. Um, there's also this weird scene where. They're bidding on her, and Batman whips out, like, the Bat credit card, and I sat there thinking about it being like, so is the money under the name Batman? Who the fuck authorized that? How is that possibly a thing? Because surely when, like, the check clears, they can go like, oh, by the way, this check came from Bruce Wayne. That doesn't add up. How does Batman have a credit card? Anyway. Um... Whatever, it's it's all nonsense. So yeah, the version of Ivy in this movie is not very good. And the version of Bane is not very good. In this movie, Bane is just a fucking mindless behemoth of a dude. Um, who I believe was actually played... Like, it's not a dude in a suit. Like, that. the dude was just actually that swole. He was a bodybuilder that played um, Bane, in case anybody was curious. Uh, I think he weighed like 400 pounds. The dude was a monster. He was huge. Um, anyway... Bane is super intelligent in the comic books. Like, he developed the Venom Serum on his own, and he, he like, there's a really rich characterization of Bane. Um, something that even Christopher Nolan's version of Bane didn't get right was where Bane comes from and who Bane actually is. I uh, like the version in Christopher Nolan's um, Dark Knight Rises, and we'll get to that later on. Um, this version of Bane serves its purpose. He's just the muscle, he doesn't have to have, like, a personality and stuff like that. But Bane is such a rich character that I lament the loss of his, like, brilliance in this fucking movie. Um, so, yeah, those characters are are not great. Schwarzenegger, I liked him a lot. I feel like he balanced the, the, the dichotomy of Freeze as the man trying to save his wife and as the, you know, criminal mastermind trying to defeat Batman. I, I enjoyed that. Um... And then, of course, the introdu- introduction of Batgirl, Girl. Uh, and I believe her... I mean, she hasn't been in any of the other movies. So, in her feature film debut um, as as Bad Girl, Alicia Silverstone, in her one and only appearance as the character, um, she, she does an okay job. I mean, I feel like Robin was developed a little bit better in the previous film, even though in this film, Robin's basically a shit. Um... And I don't, I don't appreciate it. There's also some inconsistencies where Robin's like, I'm going solo. And then next time we see him, he's dressed as Robin in the Batcave. And I'm like, nice job going solo. And then at the end of that scene, the next time we see Robin, he goes, I'm going solo, basically. And he still doesn't do it. He just... He's all talk. Robin's all talk. Fuck Robin. Um, Alicia Silverstone is fine. She serves her purpose. I appreciated seeing her there. It's not a great version of Bat, uh, Batgirl. Um, it also doesn't get the canon right. She's not fucking Alfred's niece. She's Gordon's daughter, which I think it makes for a more interesting backstory. Like I always loved that about Barbara Gordon. Like she's the daughter of the police commissioner and she's fighting crime and he's actively trying to catch her and all that shit. And then she gets hurt on the like Joker, cripples her and she becomes Oracle. Like I love all of that shit. It's fucking great. It's such a neat fucking storyline. And they just threw all that out the window. And now it's like, Uncle Alfred! And I'm just like, ugh. So, yeah. Ellie McPherson's in this movie for some reason as Bruce Wayne's girlfriend for some reason. And that never goes anywhere or has any sort of payoff or interesting storyline through it. She's just kind of there. Don't get me wrong! Ellie McPherson is fucking a knockout. But I don't understand her inclusion in this movie. It's it doesn't make sense. And there's no reason for it. Um, they just wanted to put insert attractive actress in here. And if you're going to have fucking Ellie McPherson. Like in this. Like alright. <sighs> if you're going to do that. Why not have her be Poison Ivy? I feel like that would have made more sense. But I don't know. Maybe Uma Thurman was a bigger name for the film. I don't fucking. I don't know. A lot of weird creative decisions made there. Regardless, Freeze tries to freeze the city. Um, Batman redirects some telescope mirrors to shine the sunlight on the city to, like, thaw him out. Convinces Freeze to give him the cure of McGregor Syndrome Stage 1. They save Alfred and buy him, presumably, like, another two to three years of life because he's ancient anyway, so who really cares? Um... There's this little storyline with getting in touch with Alfred's brother that doesn't go anywhere and has no payoff. So that's great. Um, As a movie, objectively, it's not great. Like The plot's weak. There's a lot of things that are brought up and then swiftly dispatched. So yes, there are huge glaring issues with the movie. Regardless of all of that, it's stupid dumb fun. So just shut your brain off and enjoy the ride. And I think you'll have a good time. Don't think about things like why does Gotham City have giant statues of people everywhere for no reason. Don't think about shit like that. Don't think about where they get their bat vehicles. Don't think about that either. You know, don't, just don't, don't think about things when you watch this movie. Don't just, don't question it. None of it makes sense. None of it's continuous in terms of its own internal logic. It's complete trash but I fucking loved this movie and I would recommend it to anybody fucking alright, I, objectively probably like a 3 out of 10 Pro, like, it's, it's not good but it's so much fun so in terms of like an entertainment level of how much I enjoyed it, I'd probably give it like a fucking 9 out of 10, but objectively 3 out of 10. It is a trash film, but I love it because it's a trash film. This is one of those it's so bad, it's good sort of films, and there aren't many of them. There wasn't a single fucking movie on the goddamn Disney list that it was, it was so bad, it's good. It's either... Better than you think it's going to be or it was objective garbage. This what this is the first film I reviewed for this shit for any movie review where I'm like, it's so bad, it's good. Batman and Robin. I'd watch it again right the fuck now. It's, ah, thumbs up. I fucking, ah, oh, I loved it so much. Thank you all very much for listening to the first episode of me watching Batman movies. Um, I actually anticipated only having one episode of this um and then I saw the list and what a fool's errand that would have been it would have been like it's it I haven't counted but it might have been longer than the MCU which was what three hours that was um that was ambitious as well but there are quite a few Batman movies um predominantly animated but there are quite a few of them and I do want to watch pretty much as many as I can get my hands on um, and I'm still going back and forth on movies like where Batman is a character but then that opens up the whole can of worms of like every Justice League movie um and I almost kind of want to do that as a separate thing I, I really want to focus on predominantly Batman movies um but you know things like Batman versus Superman Batman is in the title so kind of a Batman movie I mean it's considered it's it's in when I look at the list of, like, Batman movies, it's on there. But then again, so is Suicide Squad. And to the best of my knowledge, Batman only shows up in that movie for, like, six seconds. But I don't know. I'll, I'll play it by ear when it comes to that. But as of right now, I'm, I'm really just sticking to, like, the main core Batman movies. Like, you put this in and you go, this is a Batman movie. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, so I might just ignore the Justice League ones. Because while Batman is there, it's not just a Batman movie, it's a Justice League movie. But anyway, there will be more episodes of this. Obviously, there's lots more to get into. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I will see you all in the next one. Have a good one, everyone.